What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Going Live podcast. It is your host, Max Going, and we are joined today, a very special midweek appearance from our MMA analyst, Kyle Siegel. Kyle, my friend, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Max. Thanks for having me. We got a little bit of a unique situation here. Usually we're not recording on Tuesdays because we don't usually have fight nights on, on Wednesdays, but that's what the PFL is offering us this time around. Obviously with a lot of sporting events going on. NBA just started NFL just started Thursday night football, yada, yada, yada. The PFL said, you know what? Let's do midweek. Let's get as many eyes on the prize as we can, as we can. And we got ourselves a pretty stacked card. Pretty stacked card. You got six championship fights along with some showcase bouts for some brand new PFL fighters. So, Kyle, anything in particular that you are uh, wanting to talk about before we get right into this? No, it's just nice, you know, um, having fights on a Wednesday. Yeah. Simple as that. You know, looks forward to something, you know, Wednesday. Other than than setting your Thursday night football lineups, right? So... We're going to get started, though, with uh, Julia Budd making her PFL debut. She is coming over from Bellator, a four-time Bellator featherweight champion, and now she makes her debut at 155 pounds. Now, didn't get the rematch with Cyborg, and obviously that made the decision quite easy for her. We talked to her in the uh, at the media day, and she described that you know it's been a, a very smooth transition. She's been looking forward to this fight for quite some time. And now she gets Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Young, who is one and one this season with a, with a win, a unanimous decision win and a unanimous decision loss. Uh, what do you like about this fight? And tell us a little bit about Julia Budd in general. Well, um, I mean, she was dominating the Bellator division for quite a while. You know, she looked like kind of in uh, she's almost familiar to the Kayla Harrison situation where, you know, nobody thought she could be beat in Bellator. I mean, she was being compared to Amanda Nunez going to UFC. And then, you know, Cyborg came in and just said, now this is my show. So um, I think it's a great sign by PFL. I still think she's, you know, at the cream of the crop in that kind of division. You know, maybe she's not at the Kayla Harrison level yet. But I think now PFL gets their second elite women's fighter to kind of solidify the division. And Caitlin Young, they're kind of on a different spectrum. I mean, Caitlin... Young is one win over 500. She's like 12 and 11, where Julia Budd has lost only three times by 15 wins. So it'll be interesting to see how Julia Budd, you know, sends a message. It's going to be uh, definitely an interesting showcase for her. She obviously wants to make a statement. And we are going to, I'm assuming we're both agreeing that she is going to get the victory in this one. Obviously, the only three losses on her record, Nunez, uh, Cyborg, and Ronda Rousey. So, it doesn't really get much better than that in terms of resume. And now she's, she's making her PFL debut with a lot to prove. So for us, for me, my, uh, my, my prediction here is a TKO victory for Julia Budd. Now, before we do go any farther, we do, we are going to be announcing not announcing, but including a brand new segment here called the favorite bet of the fight. And so for us, it's Bud via TKO KO or DQ at plus two fifty. Both these guys, both these women are kickboxer slash Muay Thai practitioners. So I think, hey, we're probably going to see a striking fight here. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even first, second round, um, TKO, KO from Bud. Um, you know, and we could even see, you know, if you really want to go, you know, even a Bud submission. But I think regardless, it's going to be a finish for Bud in the first or second. 
Yeah, I mean, if you get that submission, that's about a plus 5,000 as of right now on, on FanDuel, Dra- or I believe it's uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, excuse me. So all these odds will be DraftKings Sportsbook, but I agree with you. Julia Budd via first-round finish, no doubt about that one. Let's move on to the uh, light heavyweight division as we have another debut for the PFL. And for us, for me at least, a little bit of a surprising split from the UFC for Omari. And, you know, he... he wasn't on a skid. He wasn't losing a bunch of fights in the ro- in a row. He was competitive in most of his fights, and, and now he's he's to be honest with you, probably one of the better fighters at the light heavyweight division here at the PFL. So he fought middleweight for three and a half years, and then welterweight for three and a half years before that. Twenty one and six with a variety of finishes. Uh, this is a pretty big signing, is it not, Kyle? Definitely no. I mean, he was ranked in you know the UFC's middleweight division for years, and. Um, I mean, he's a big guy, so it's crazy that he even got down to welterweight. I and, can't believe you know, that, at be some honest. point. I mean, he was on he was unbeaten, I think, in the six fight tear in the UFC. But the UFC has a very crowded middleweight division, and you know he got beat by Weidman, and then lastly Tafares before he got kind of released. And I think they kind of realized, you know, both those fighters aren't ranked anymore, and just kind of they're trying to make way for maybe younger fighters. So Omari was the unfortunate, you know, cut, but I'm sure also Omari had his choice, whether he wanted to go to PFL Bellator one, you know, I'm sure any other company would have loved to have him. Absolutely. Which, which for me, it's interesting because he obviously has fought at middleweight so much in his career and PFL does not have a middleweight division. So to move up to the two Oh five limit, the same thing that Antonio Carlos jr. Did let's see if it pays off in his, um, in his debut here against Jordan young, the Bellator veteran making his second PFL fight after losing his debut to Tom Lawler. Uh, for me, I, I like, I like Omari in this one by a lot. I like a first round finish. The under on the two and a half rounds is a plus 165. I believe Omari gets it done before that. What do you think? Yeah, I would go with Omari. Um, Young's no joke, though. I mean, he lost his last two, but he was undefeated before that. And he's a pure submission artist. He's got nine subs on his record. So Omari's known to get caught in bad positions on the ground. Um, you know, he didn't get finished by Weidman, but he could put himself in some really bad positions. So as long as he doesn't do that with Young, you know, Omari should get a hopefully an easy victory for him and then solidify himself that PFL has a new, you know, light heavyweight contender. And I think this will be a good test for both these men. As, a, as you said, Jordan Young is not no, is, is, isn't a slouch. He was undefeated, I believe, in Bellator for quite some time. So this is going to be a, a real showcase at 205 to see maybe if Jordan Young belongs next year or not. We will see. But let's move on as we are, are really here to talk about the big boys, the big the big prize, the championship fights, and we have six of them that we got to cover. So let's start with the lightweight championship. The week, Rod Zamata, I'm sorry, Rod Zabav versus Raush Manifo for the lightweight championship. And for, for the week... This is his second straight season reaching the finals, losing in 2019 to Nathan Schultz by unanimous decision. So this one's an interesting one, Kyle. I know that Raouche has had some questionable victories, I guess. More than controversial, you could say. So for this one, you got a pretty heavy favorite for for the week. But, you know, Raouche is, even though they are controversial, he's been winning this season. What do you like about this fight? Where do you see it going? Both these guys, I mean, 
they're controversial or not. I mean, they're both only at three losses and 14 or more, you know, victories. I think Loic's at 15, Roush is at 14. So, you know, it's not like they have, they're a 15 7 record or something, which is nice. But, um, I mean, Loic, I think he's going to solidify himself as the top dog in that lightweight division. You know, I think Clay Collar did win, I guess, Roush. Um, it was one of those awkward things. I think all the rep, I think the commentators were talking about, yep, you know, Clay won, and then we saw that decision. So can't leave anything to the judges in this. You know, if I had to bet, I would definitely say this fight one way or another is going to decision. Both I agree. don't really finish too much. I think uh, Manifo, you know, doesn't have too many finishes on his record either, just like Luik. But, um, yeah, I would go Luik decision, you know, unanimous. That is the exact same bet that I have as well. A week via decision is at, is at 110 plus, plus 110, I should say. So you're getting getting the odds as well. Plus, you know, week is the favorite coming into this fight. So I do think that that is a, a very solid and safe bet the way these two fighters fight. It's going to be a good fight. So let's move on to our light heavyweight championship fight. And for me, this is one of top two fights I am looking the most forward to. Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Martin Hamlet. Look, both these guys have obviously solidified themselves as very good grapplers. But at the end of the day, Antonio Carlos Jr. is an elite fighter that has been everywhere and anywhere in this MMA game. And now he's got a a pretty new guy in Martin Hamlet. In terms of MMA, he only has 10 fights on his record. And he's got, you know, Antonio Carlos Jr. has a lot of momentum coming into this fight. For me, I think it's going to be a very tough task for Martin Hamlet to to stay on the feet with him, first of all. But if it goes to the ground, I think he might have his hands full there as well. Tell us a little bit about this fight and what do you like about it? Yeah, just two guys, you know, coming out of, I wouldn't say nowhere, but like, you know, you didn't tag as maybe the number one and two contenders right out into the finals or anything like that when you first saw the PFL roster for light heavyweight. But Carlos Jr. has proved he's not just a submission specialist anymore. He's gained this on the feet, almost invincibility he feels where he can put himself in danger at times, but I don't think he'll have that with Martin Hamlet. Um, I think he'll not only be able to control the feet, but I think, yeah, if he takes Martin down, you know, Martin's takedown defense, we haven't really been able to see too much. And Martin's been kind of hit and miss. Some rounds he looks like, you know, he's a world beater, and then other rounds it almost looks like he takes off. And I think that's why, you know, he maybe hasn't been so successful before making this trip to the finals. But um, it'll be an interesting match. You know, both these guys have a lot – lot to win on this, but if I had to bet, I'd definitely go with Carlos Jr., unanimous decision. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And think about Hamlet. It's weird. You, you talk about the interesting interesting season he's had. He starts his PFL debut with a, an arm triangle victory in the second round, then goes on and loses his second regular season fight to Corey Hendricks by rear naked choke in the third round. So we're now, okay, he's one and one barely qualifies for the playoffs and wins via non-contact hamstring injury, TKO to be short. Uh, And so in in the first round, 13 seconds in the first round. So we really don't know what to make of Martin Hamlet. We know he's a fantastic wrestler and we know that he's going to have to bring his a game to beat a guy like Antonio Carlos jr. So for me, I'm with you, Uh, but my favorite bet, uh, on the line, Antonio Carlos Jr. via submission at plus 130. I think that if he gets it to the ground, there's a good chance that he gets one of those limbs and, and gets that million dollars. So let's move on, unless you have anything else to say about that matchup. 
No, I agree. Yeah, I think if he gets it to the ground, might be a good wrestler, but we haven't really seen his defense, you know, especially against somebody with the with all the slick submission that Antonio is going to be setting up from, you know, if he gets it on the ground, he's going to be setting up three different submissions. And I don't know if Martin's going to be able to have that IQ to say he might be setting up a triangle here, but then all of a sudden I'm putting myself in danger for an arm bar or something, but it'll be interesting to see. It's a great matchup. Yeah, it's a good matchup. No doubt about it. I think it's going to, there's a good chance it stays on the feet the whole time. And there's a good chance that it stays on the ground the whole time. That's the beauty of this one. So let's move on to the big boys and the, um, I should take it back. I said the last fight was top two. I think this is easily as well. My favorite fight. Yeah, this, this, sure. is, this is up there. Um, Antidalia against Bruno Capazola or Capaloza two. Not very often you get that in the single season for the PFL, especially in the championship. But this is a rematch from PFL three after Bruno knocked him out in one minute of the first <laughs> round. And since then, both these men have looked absolutely fantastic. Bruno better than most. He's, he's really not slowed down. One win over Doris, second round finish in the semifinals. He looks like a man on the mission and personally has been my favorite to win the whole thing since day one. What do you like about this fight? Yeah, because it's going to be a stand-up war. You know, I think two of these guys are the clear best two heavyweights in their in PFL. Um, Bruno's been on an absolute tear lately. Seems like he hasn't really let his opponents get out the first, second round. You know, he's that smart, so he's not even going to let them test his endurance. And, I mean, Bruno's been on such a tear. You know, I know he came from Ryzen. He's 6-1 in his last seven. His only loss was to Yuri Pashaka, who about to back up the UFC title. Yeah. fight on Saturday, you know, easily top three light heavyweight. So that's his only loss. He's almost obliterated everyone he's faced. Um, and he's fighting someone who's supposed to be the protege of one of the best kickboxers ever in Mirko Krokop. And, you know, he's been really good, but I still don't think we've seen that just like Bruno knocked him out in the first round. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, both these guys are going to try to take each other's heads off. I think, you know, in the first minute of this fight, I think, I I don't think Bruno's going to be getting beat in the PFL anytime soon. If he stays there, I I honestly don't see it either. I see him winning this title and going on to the UFC, to be honest with you. Um, and specifically the UFC, I think he's a, a, the ceiling is very high for this guy. And since he's fighting at heavyweight, it, you know, hey, the heavyweight division of the UFC can always use fresh faces and fresh talent. So I'm with you on that one. But just to, to, to back it up just a little bit, I agree with you, Bruno, by, by I'll go second round finish. Uh, it's a really good odds at plus 550. I have a, a real hard time thinking that Antti D'Elia, with, with the experience behind him in his corner, won't have some sort of adjustment, adjust, adjustment. Excuse me, to get out of the first round. But when you know, as we've seen, you, if you get out of the first round, the second round finish is probably coming from Bruno. Yeah, yeah. So I'm with you on that. I got Bruno by second round finish at plus five fifty. That one is uh, probably my favorite line out of all the bets that we'll be talking about so far. So let's move on to a absolute banger of a fight. I'm excited for this one. I mean, look, Chris Wade. Movlid Kalabuliev, featherweight championship. These two guys are on both very, very fast trajectories to the top. Obviously, Movlid, 18-0-1, a flawless start to his 21 season. And you got Chris Wade, who is a UFC veteran. He's fought in pretty much all over the world, a 10-year pro MMA career, and now he's one fight away from his first ever championship belt. 
This one is going to be the closest fight of the night. I'm just going to say that now. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I think Mavlid has solidified himself. If uh, PFL had like a pound-for-pound rankings chart, he's got to be number one. You know, he's looked unbeatable. Um, You know, everyone thought Brendan Lugain, you know, he was looking unbeatable. And myself. (laughs) I mean, there's no way that was a split decision in any facet. Um, Pure just domination. But, yeah, Chris Wade's looked good, and he's shown that he is carrying that underdog streak. So I think Mavlid can't take him take him like he's just going to be able to take him down. I think, it, you know, we'll be standing, but thing is, you know, you to finish Molly, I think you got to finish him and Chris Wade, he's really good fighter. He's just not a finisher, you know, and his 20 victories, he only's got one TKO and five subs. So it's going to be tough to get Molly out of there. Um, I think for any featherweight right now, I think Molly one of those fighters where we could see him in the UFC one day as well, but you no, know, I think it'll be a close fight, but he just kind of have to get out of that first round and make sure he's not just getting taken down over and over again by Mavlid. And and that's the difference here. I think Mavlid is not Chris Wade is a very good wrestler, and I think that's going to be the most exciting aspect of this fight. Two very good grapplers, two very good fighters in general, but two guys that have just a lot to prove. And but I'm with you. I think you have to finish Mavlid if you're going to get him out of the fight. And right now he's obviously proved no one is able to do that. So for me. To relay onto that, Mobley via decision at one at plus one thirty is my favorite bet of the day, or sorry, favorite bet of the fight. And as you said, there's a good chance it does go to the decision. With that being said, it is five rounds, so obviously not a lot of these PFL guys are fighting consistently at five rounds. So obviously anything can happen. But I'm with you on that. I think it goes to a decision. Anything else before we move on to the true main event? <laughs> my no, opinion? I completely agree. You know, looking like a UD for Mavlid <laughs> all the yeah, way. Definitely. Let's move on to my main event of the evening and the fight that has really the MMA world talking. I mean, the PFL has good fights. They have good promotion, but this is a great fight. And this is one with bad blood and with a history behind it. Ray Cooper, the third versus Magomed, Magomed Kirimov for the welterweight championship. Oh, I've been waiting for this one. I mean, I think a lot of PFL fans have been waiting for this one since since 2018. You had the original fight for the title. You wanted to see it in 2019. It wasn't able to happen due to injury for Magomed. Cooper won the title. And now here we are in 2021. Both these guys absolutely on fire. Cooper's won five in a row. Magomed has not lost since 2015. And now they're going for the rematch. Uh what do you like about this fight? Because you could just list every single aspect of their fight, and it will probably be correct. This could go to the ground. It, can, it could be a striking match. It could be an absolute war. What do you like about this one? Yeah, I mean, Ray Cooper, he he took Rory's hopes away. You know, Rory thought he was going to walk in the PFL, <laughs> showcase, you know, what he can do. And, I mean, yeah. Ray Cooper, that was just pure domination, you know, on the ground, you know, didn't even need to take it to the feet. And primarily, you know, Ray Cooper usually wants to stand and try to knock you out. And same thing with Magomed, you know, he's good everywhere. There's a reason he hasn't lost in 14. And his last uh, loss was, I was looking it up to Vitali Big Dash, who's a <laughs> middleweight who fought and won and who has a victory over Ong Song, who, you know, Obviously. is one's old middleweight and light heavyweight championships. Yeah. So that, his last loss is to a middleweight. And Magomed, of course, is a welterweight. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Um, 
both have kind of looked unbeatable in the welterweight division. I think both were definitely the clear favorites to get here, but now it's a rematch. I'd love to see Ray Cooper get that get that victory back, but I just it's going to be tough against Mago Ben. You know, he's yeah. really looked unbeatable, and I think when it goes wrestling to wrestling, Rory's takedown defense is nowhere near the level of Magomed's. And that's just showing how good Magomed is because, you know, Rory's been good all these years. And when you talk about, you know, bad blood and, and all that stuff, this is not a, you know, this is not a heated rivalry, but they definitely have some history behind it. Both these guys know exactly what the other guy can do. And so that's what the, in my opinion, the most interesting aspect of this rematch is there's so much on the line. They both know each other very well. And there's a good chance that Magomed wants to take this to the ground if he, if he can. And so, for me, there's a lot of odds out there that aren't aren't really that good. But fight ending in a KO TKO at plus two seventy five for either fighter is probably my favorite bet. Uh, who do you like in this fight? I mean, obviously you got Magomed taking it. Yeah, I think I would go Magomed decision. I think um, Ray could steal a round or two, but. I think Ray has to catch him. You know, I don't think Ray is going to be able to beat this guy in a decision. Knowing Ray, I mean, he could catch him in the first or second round and change this whole trajectory Absolutely. of the fight. But, you know, the way Michael Mids looked, it looks like, you know, he's very good at a losing or being elusive when people are striking and stuff. His takedown defense is, I think, going to cause Ray to try to keep it standing. And that's when I think Michael Med will get his takedowns. I agree with you, no doubt about that one. <clears throat> I, I'm with you. I got Magomed uh, via via KO, actually. Uh, it's a little ground and pound action there. Let's move on to the real main event of the evening. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but we are not going to talk about Clarissa uh, Shields making her second fight in the PFL. We're going to breathe just real quick, just uh, go over it. She is fighting Abigail Montez, who is also very, very new in her MMA career. So... That will be the third to last fight on the main card before the Ray Cooper fight and before the true main event of the evening, Kayla Harrison versus Taylor Guardado for the Women's Lightweight Championship of the World. And there's not really much to say with this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're minus 3,500 and going <laughs> in and... For a title fight. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Um... This just, you know, doesn't seem like it's going to be too much of a... Taylor doesn't have knock, too much knockout power. And Harrison, I'm sure Harrison could keep this fight standing the entire time and knock her out. So I don't see it getting out of the first round, if it does, second round. But it's just it's such a mixed mix match. Taylor's got four fights in her career. And meanwhile, Kayla's, you know, already being talked about as the women's GOAT, um, things like that, the lightweight division. But... This would be interesting, I think, more to Kayla to see what she does next in her career. Does she want to stay in the PFL, wait for Julia Budd, wait for Clarissa Shields? Um, or does she want to face the critics, eventually maybe go to the UFC, where I'm sure Dana would eventually create a lightweight division for her? You know, I know they had that little baffling um, over the media where, you know, Dana's like, I'd, re- I'd just tell her to keep bank- making bank, which, you know, it's not a bad point. I mean, I'm sure Kayla, she's cashing out a couple mil every year. So absolutely. She's doing quite well in the PFL. And, and for, to that point, I think the PFL knows the UFC. Uh, let's let's be honest. Dana White is not just going to be. Ah, yeah, whatever. We don't need Kayla Harrison. Uh, she's going to probably be playing some sort of mind games here and the PFL knows that. So, of hey, course, yeah, they're going to be paying her, in my opinion. I think Kayla Harrison will be staying for another year 
And um, that's just me. I think that they will just kind of back up the, 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 the Brinks truck and see if a blank check will keep her because, you know, at 155, it's a little tough because she could go down to 145, I'm assuming. But it's not like Dana is like, oh, yeah, one, let's, let's just let's, let's redo the 145 division. That's like the last thing on his mind right now. So and I think, too, um, I think Dana's smart enough to know just like the PFL is they brought Clarissa and Julie Bud just in. They're going to definitely get those money fights. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure the PFL is told Kayla, let's wait to see what happens. We already know you're going to win this fight. Yeah. And then in the next <laughs> year when we do this tournament, let's see if Clarissa's is ready, maybe see if Julia Bud's ready, because then they can create some more main events around their their poster child basically if you want to call that which is of course Kaylee she's the best fighter in the PFL you know if you wanted to say pound for pound you know I said number one mildly no I mean Kayla's definitely pound for pound if absolutely no yeah no doubt about that one yeah uh, I, I'm with you I'm with you I think it's going to be a very interesting doesn't hurt to put 10 bucks on Taylor though you know hey just to like win, win a million five, dollars was it <laughs> plus five thousand or something like that who knows? Crazier things have happened. But for me, the favorite bet here is actually a parlay between Harrison via knockout TKO or DQ at minus 120 and a Clarissa Shields money line at 305 or at minus 305 parlayed. It's a plus 143. So you got to get some sort of odds somehow. I think they definitely are not going to give Clarissa a, a fighter that can take her down. Let's just say that. Um, I think they almost had that whole debut blow up in their face. <laughs> yeah, so, that would have been bad, but um, Caressa weathered the storm, and now, now they're giving her someone who's more of a striker. She's out of Alexa Grasso's gym, who um, is a striker in the UFC. So, you know, that's just something where I think they said, let's see now what you can do on the feet. So, I mean, you want to talk about a parlay, if you can get a TKO for both Clarissa and Kayla, those are the two fights I don't see anything but a KO for both those ladies. So. Definitely. And that that's kind of what I meant. Like, there's no way they're giving Clarissa any more grapplers <laughs> until she's yeah. absolutely ready. So I'm with you. I think it's a good good bet if they both get TKOs or KOs. So uh, that's it. That is the PFL Championship. Six title fights, $6 million. As always, we will be there for the post-fight press conference uh, if there is one. I'm not even sure. I haven't gotten the, haven't gotten the email yet, but We'll let you know, as always. Kyle, thank you so much for being here, my friend. And anything else before you head out? No, I'm just excited for these fights tomorrow. Yes, sir. It's going to be a great card, and definitely it, it, it's going to be the greatest PFL card of all time. Definitely, yes. By yeah. far the best PFL card they've had. So <laughs> it, that's, uh, it, it's, it's a must-watch event, and hopefully we will see you afterwards. Kyle, thank you, as always, for being here, my friend, and we will uh, we'll see you very soon. Thanks for having me. All right, man. We'll talk to you.